0: We're live. (laughs) Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. It is. We have just gone later and later at the start time. Unless you are watching this not live and you're listening to it over podcast, we are perfectly on time. Or you're watching this for the very first
1: time because when it is live, you are busy.
0: True, true. Maybe this is actually just a, a whole thought to make you be able to be a little bit more invested. And it's not that we're not punctual. I now, mean, it could be that.
1: We literally punctual. come running right into this thing. I mean, I go to the soda do. real quick. I've got no notes. Nothing. <laughs> Straight from hours of meetings. Tuesdays are busy mornings, and yeah. so here we
0: are. So we are so glad that you're with us. What Overtime is, if this is one of your first few times with us, is our basically uh, our weekly dive, our podcast, into the weekend message. So what we hope from this is that you are able to ask some questions before the Podcast starts. Um, we didn't get any questions this week, but you can email questions to overtime at clcfamily.church. But we hope that you ask questions, and that through those questions and through the conversation and dialogue that happens, is that you can continue to grow in your faith. Yeah. This is kind of the deeper dive, if you will, into the message because sometimes what happens as you're putting together a message, there's content that's kind of left on the cutting room floor that you just don't have time to expound on. But this gives us the opportunity in the format to be able to go a little little bit deeper into that so but you we usually highlight like, something yes I did want to say that this Friday this so Friday that is the 28th three days from if you are to it live if yeah. you're watching live listening live the, on Friday October 28th we are going to be showing the movie the one and only item. August August 28th oh uh, what well, I don't know I what I just said, said. did I just say October I think you did, yeah. it's I, August oh, I don't buddy. I have no idea <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay it's just <laughs> just one of those days guys uh so October
1: No, I did it again.
0: I just (laughs) did it again. August 28th. I'm just going to look at my calendar. No, it's August 28th. 28th. Yeah, it is. August 28th at 7 o'clock, we're going to watch the one and only Ivy. Brand new movie. Brand new movie. To uh, It's streaming to Disney Plus, so we plan on being out in the parking lot. We'll be using our brand new LED screen so the sun doesn't really impact us in the time that we can show that. It will be a great movie. We'll we'll have it set up so that you can come sit in your car if you're uncomfortable with getting out or if you choose to, you can bring some lawn chairs. Be socially distant and be able to kind of sit that. And bring your own fire pit if yeah. you want
1: to. 7 it's, o'clock. Yeah.
0: It's something you can even bring your food. You can make it your own drive-in. Like You can tune your radio. It's a lot of fun. We hope that you will join us for that. Um, so that's 7 o'clock this Friday, August 28th. Just verified yeah. that. So yeah. that is what's happening this week. So, I think that's probably all the announcements, and because I'm a little bit nervous, that'll mess up the date again. Josh, do you want to kind of give us a recap of what we talked about this past weekend? By the way,
1: with the movies on August 28th, uh, we want, we're we not doing concessions right now, just right. one more thing to clean up or that kind of stuff, but literally, you know, a couple hundred yards away from us. If you've never been to our place before, right? There's, there's a 7-Eleven right there, so yeah. you can stop and get... uh I mean, great Slurpee. Yeah, and last, last time... Uh, The Crawsons. Patty Crawson had her kettle corn on her driveway for sale. So that's just right next to us. Maybe she'll do that again. So anyway, uh, it's a lot of fun. Come join us. I'd love to see you out there. I'll be there with my family. A lot of fun. Um, So we are finishing up, we did finish up the first chapter of (laughs) the Gospel of Luke. uh, So that we may have certainty, right? So that's been kind of the big premise for these first six weeks is our world is uncertain. Jesus is not, right? And so the way by which you... Find certainty in your life regardless of the circumstances, criticism, whatever it is. There is a place that you can cling to and that is truth. So when all the other stuff happens, right, you know that. You know that when people speak negative stuff to you or you hear negative things or you experience negative things or you see negative things in the world, the best thing you can do is you can remind yourself of what is true, right? Paul even tells us this. So we think about what is true, and so you go, what is true? Well, so gracious of Jesus to actually make this big, bold obnoxious even statement that he is the way the truth in the life no one gets to the father but through him that's not him being dogmatic it's him being specific he's going you want that life which we do right that only comes through him he's the way to it he is actually the solution he's not only our guide he's our destination but he declares on that he's the truth and so what we've been doing is going okay if he's the truth that's what we should cling to in a time of uncertainty and so luckily one of the biographers about jesus got him luke writes it and tells us in the fourth verse, his thesis, that he writes all these things so that we can have certainty about the things we've been taught. So it just makes sense that we go through them slowly and methodically, and so we've been walking through bit, a, a little bit by a little bit. And so, like any good story, um, the author, Luke, who is a doctor-turned-investigative journalist, hired by a guy named Theophilus, basically to spend, you know, years not a decade, researching Jesus' life, eyewitness accounts, reading all the, the books about Jesus, all the stuff, right? Gathered it all and gone and listened to all the oral traditions, right? Many people couldn't read or write in that day. And he had gathered all that and put together a beautiful story. He tells us as kind of an orderly or chronological account. But any good story has good characters, right? And so it's interesting is Jesus hasn't even been introduced in the story about himself, and Luke is going to give us this fabulous story with these real people. And so far, he's introduced us to himself. Yeah. Actually, they didn't even talk much about himself. We know about him through you know first century writings. He's introduced Theophilus because he addressed the Theophilus, and now he then he started introducing um, some people. So first person we kind of see is Zechariah, this yeah. priest who uh doesn't believe uh kind of has has become suspicious of god's goodness and his grace and his ability to to answer prayers and respond right many of you have kind of fallen in that category in fact i would argue that the reason luke starts with theophilus this old man who has been disappointed and has had unmet expectations even from god right and uh so he starts with this guy because he's a guy we can identify with right yeah yeah, yeah whatever maybe god will come through some of you have been praying for years right like even some things I've been praying specifically for our church. I'm going, God, when are you actually going to answer those prayers? That's Zechariah. And one of the big prayers he would have had is whether or not he's going to have a kid. He would have been in his old age. Then he, uh, Luke introduces us to his wife. That's uh, Elizabeth, who's also old. In fact, he says, I'm old. And then in the scriptures, it goes, but she's very old. Yeah. Luke was like, well, let me write that down again. Make sure I understand yeah. what you said. You said she's what? Very old? Like, <laughs> all caps? You want to put all caps in the scriptures? Right? And so he declares that. Like, how in the world? No, he responds with uh, suspicion. And he gets put in time out, literally. An angel, Gabriel, one of only two angels that tell us their names in the scriptures, says, hey, God says, you're just going to kind of sit still and think about this, right? So some discipline happens. So this godly priest is kind of put on, uh, like, in this disciplinary in action where he can't speak, he can't hear, literally the way the, the scriptures describe him is as dumb, meaning he's deaf and mute. And so that's all we know about Zachariah. Then he pans a scene shows us Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is responding and says she's filled with the spirit and filled with joy that God has looked upon her and her and not given her a reproach, right? So like this idea that all the judgment and her identity is kind of getting wiped away in what God has done. He's heard her prayers and he's responding. Two different responses. So those are the first two characters. Yeah. And then the only other character we get besides Gabriel the angel is Mary so far. That's it. Whole chapter, six weeks. These are all the people. <laughs> so lots of character studies and 80 so 80 verses. Like chapter yeah. one is 80 verses. So lots of different stuff. And so Mary shows up. God shows up. Gabriel shows up and says, Mary, you are going to have a baby? And she's like, I'm. 12, 13, how's that going to be? Well, the Holy Spirit's going to impregnate you. Lots of kind of crazy shock and awe there. She responds with, Let it be, as the God says, like just trust God so fully. This is a teenage girl. And then she, yeah. respo- she responds by traveling 100 miles to go yeah. spend time with, you guessed it, first two characters, Zechariah and Elizabeth. So you got to see this as this beautiful story that just pluck out pieces, like Luke is writing this story, right? So we can have certainty of the things we've been taught. Right. So she travels there. She breaks out in middle school musical and she sings about how good God is like she just talks about the attributes of God right her response is to her worries worship her response to pain is praise right kind of a top-down thing and what we see is she spends three months with Elizabeth Elizabeth is about six months pregnant when she shows up Mary is you know in first trimester three months later Mary's gonna go back home and God's gonna introduce or Luke's gonna introduce us to some new characters next week and then we're left with just Elizabeth and Zechariah in the home and now, if you've done the math, six months, you now plus three months from marrying. So yeah. now we got this lady, she is really, really pregnant, right? Old and pregnant and she's about to birth the baby. Yeah. And so Luke, you know brings us back to the scene again so that we can have certainty of the things you been talk and finally we get a new character lots of fun he's kind of been whispered about earlier and his name's john he's gonna be the baby he's gonna be the front runner he's gonna be the one that declares that the messiah is coming he's gonna be the trumpeteer right and it's not gonna go well for him right he's only gonna get like six months of uh, ministry before his head to cut off and yet and yet later in the scriptures jesus literally says that um he's the greatest among anybody who's ever been born of a woman yeah. which is all of us by the way yeah um, gosh, there's anyway, yeah. So all of us, <laughs> and so don't park on that, and all of that, right? See so all this stuff, and you go, well, if he was great, then maybe we should pay attention to his life yeah, because, right. admit it, you want to be great. Now, if we can be great for the right reasons, so that we can make. Jesus famous so that people would know him and so that we would live the life fully alive that Jesus promised us. That's a good reason to be great. So let's figure out what uh, greatness is and how you come by it and what we're going to find out in the next several weeks is greatness comes at a great cost and it's called humility. Mm. It is a shrinking of pride over and over Mm. again. And so we're going to see this kiddo, John the Baptist, who shows up. And he was great, and so he's going to be born, and there's going to be some these stuff that happens. And there's kind of four big things going, on. okay, if John the Baptist is great, how do we become great? And kind of the four points we kind of work through. For one, he had parents who were committed to him, right? Com- parents who were committed to him and committed to God, Right. They were committed to God. Zechariah could have left his wife. She couldn't get her, you know, have a baby. He could have gone somewhere else. He didn't. He stayed committed. He was committed yeah. to his wife. He was committed to his family. He was committed to God. Committed to God. Even in his old age, even though there was probably some suspicion, he kept going to the temple twice a year. He kept serving his people locally in his congregation, whatever it is. He was committed, and Mary, I mean, Elizabeth was committed to God, right? And so that's the first thing we see. second thing we see is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, some things we probably can to discuss there, but this this idea that they actually had this belief that there was, that God was available to them, right? And the way that I described it this weekend was once you imagine the scriptures, uh, spirits, the word pneuma means breath or wind, and that's a really good way to see it. Like, even when things are bad, they kept their sails up and go, it's not us who takes the boat. It's, it's God. It's His Spirit. His Spirit who's moving us, and so even when things got bad, they kept their sails up, so we see that. The third one is this, is that... Um, He lived his purpose, only six months, but it tells us very quickly that he lived his life to prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah tells us 700, 800 years earlier, Isaiah 40. That, that there's going to become a messenger who's going to be sent. Not to be the God, but to be but to be a gift to the world to point to the greatest gift. And he's going to prepare the way, meaning remove all the obstacles. So he lived his purpose. That's one of the things you do. You get figure out what, your why. Like, why are you here? What has God put you on this planet for? Because he's put you here for some reason. In fact, if you've got a pulse right now, it's because he has something good for you and good for this world as a result of you. The way that John Calvin said it is, our job is to make the invisible kingdom that God is talking about establishing here, visible. That's what John did. He pointed out and showed and prepared the way for people to see. And know God was so crazy. As Once Jesus kind of showed up, he said, See you later, disciples. Go be his disciples now. Like he wasn't building his own greatness. He was he was collecting these guys to take to Jesus. And so when Jesus shows up, he goes, Hey, I prepared the way. There he is. Move along, little ducklings, right? And I'm going to get my head cut off, right? That kind of thing. And so that'd be the third one. He lived his purpose. And then the fourth one, really, really important. It said that, uh, and the child grew. And became strong in the spirit. He grew up, yeah. and that is the part of this that I think is so important. I think we'll camp out here at some point. Of he grew up, like he became a man. It's so interesting. Think about 1 Corinthians thirteen. Yeah.
0: What do you know it as? It's the love chapter. Right? But do you know what
1: else it says? Like after you get to the love, and it talks about how you love, Paul talks about how love never ends, and then mm-hmm. he immediately goes to when I was a child, I thought childish things, right, right. but then I put away childish things, and because I grew up. Right, like yeah. something about the way we love has to come from this maturity, not right. like in right. this, like this, this deep loving. Because faith and hope eventually they, they pass away, yeah. but love doesn't. And so he said, there yeah. comes a point where I have to grow up and have to love people the way that God loves them. I have to see them the way that God sees them. And I have to call myself and others to that life. Yeah. Right. I, so there's just something about John the Baptist that he called a spade a spade. Right. Like yeah. literally, he grew up and in love. By the way, he declared to Herod he should repent. Did it go well for him? No. Literally, the guy who built the temple, right? Jesus' temple with the big mansion next door. John the Baptist going, repent, right? Is it because he's mean? No, because he loved. Mm -hmm. He loved. He loved God. He loved Jesus. And boy, did he want everybody to know him. And the reality is at some point, we have to change the way we think. We have to put away all of our childish behavior we got to move forward in the gospel of and so he grew up and that is a big part of this and so kind of the big idea of all this what we see different about john the baptist than we see in most lives even our own is that he never his family never got caught up in the current of our Mm -hmm. culture so if you want to have certainty in your life you got to get you cannot get caught up in the current of our culture. That doesn't mean we're like culture or warriors trying to slash all the culture, hold up our bull right, horns. Right. It means, no, let's live differently, right? Yeah. Let's live in a way that people kind of notice and go, there's something in that. And what yeah. it is is our hope and our faith and our trust are in Jesus. And what we do is we grow up and then love. We love those who persecute us. Yeah. So that is what we see in John the Baptist. And that's When have certain in your life, can't get caught up in the culture.
0: Yeah, so I do want to remind everybody that's listening is that this what we hope is that this is a supplement to what you've already heard through the weekend message so those are always available on our website clcfamily.church you can go to our media page where you can watch that or listen to that we always want to encourage you that this is kind of part two of that right like so if you're jumping into this and you haven't really listened to that i would encourage you to pause this you can always come back to it we'll have it online it'll be hosted the same we'll be here we'll feed your baby birds (laughs) but first start with that weekend message because this is always it's never as deep a dive as what we're able to do over the weekend so i would always encourage you with that Um, and then yeah this is to go a little bit deeper and i'm curious maybe this isn't the right timing but i'll just ask this question here so one of the things in that last point that you talked about and maybe maybe we'll circle back to this but it just seems like this is a good segue into that is that you talked about growing up and i know i was i listened to the online recording i was here for the kind of the recording of that um i missed the drive-in and I think that there was – you had said that there was kind of a different way that you approached that. Could you kind of maybe for those that listened online and didn't hear the the drive-in service, could you explain that maybe yeah, the
1: difference so, there? Uh, I
0: don't know. It's so interesting because we record early on Friday,
1: yeah. and the more I sorted through this, I, I was worried that what I communicated online would get lost in translation because there there's kind of two pieces of this, and I don't want to sound misogynistic in any way, but I wholeheartedly believe one of the – in fact, I mean, yeah, I don't – yeah, let me let me speak as someone who I think has authority in this, reading the scriptures, understanding what's going on in our world. Is I am I am confident that one of the things that's broken in our world is that men have not become men, hmm. right? The way right. that other people have heard Mark Driscoll says it is they're boys who shave,
0: hmm.
1: right? And so it's like he, he talks about in this, like there's this term called adolescence, yeah. and he said, but it's not really defined. It's like there's no like ending to adolescence, yeah, yeah. and so what happens is boys start shaving and you know, have hormones and chase after those things but never really grow up, right? And so you live in your parents' basement and you play the video games. And then we have moms who kind of enable that stuff. And what you see here is this guy. He was just in the wilderness. Like, he was a man, right? Much more of a man than I was. But there's something about this call to be a man and grow up. And, like, even as, as a church who's, you know... Uh, pro-life, anti-abortion, whatever terms. I'm not trying to trigger anybody with any of that stuff, but like we believe life happens at conception. And we go, what do we do about that? And I'm convinced that the best thing we can do about it is teach men to be men, right? Like if you're going to participate in that, then you're also going to be the one to be responsible and follow through, right? And so... There is just this thing where you look at, I mean, even different cultures, but regardless, there's just this thing that men just are absent. Yeah. They abdicate, they acquiesce, and they just bail when things get hard. And so there's something about greatness that I think we have lost in our culture, in, in our yeah. country, where a man has learned to be a man. And that's not like, we, I'm not saying women don't count. Right. I would actually argue if you're, I don't, I mean, yeah, I guess I think this is accurate. Yeah. That he, like, there's no... Women that go, no, I don't really want a man to be manly and godly and those kind of things, right? Many of you are having to respond in your spiritual leadership at home. And you wish your husband would, right? You wish there was something in that. And so I don't want to speak for you. I don't know all your intentions or motivations. But I just look at this and go, somehow we lost that. So as I was teaching that on on the online, that's really where I want to go, man, okay. Guys, if we're talking about greatness, let's look at our children, both men and women, right? But let's look at, like, I look at my boy and go, "It doesn't matter what you feel. Don't yeah. follow your heart. It, it matters. There's a right, there's a wrong, there's actually a truth." Yeah. And so, how do we get away from that? And yeah. So you got a guy who stands on the truth, and you go, "Why? How did he do that?" Well, for 30 years, he didn't get caught up in the current of our culture. He didn't get caught up in adolescence, right? right. He he learned to grow up and become a man. And there's something really, really important. I'm not taking shots at video games or adolescence or all those kind of things. But at some point, we have to call men to be that. Candidly, I look at our church and I go, man, man, where are you? Right? Like, where are you serving in kids ministry? There's some and man, I'm so thankful for it. Where are you in leading groups and participating in student ministry? Because there's a a lot of people in our church that don't have fathers. So at some point, we got to right the wrong. And the only way to do that is to stand up and do those things. So this is a deep conviction there, but it I was afraid, as I presented it, it could, without really walking through it, it could sound misogynistic, and so the reality is, um, I don't think this is bad, I think as parents we need to understand we're trying to raise men, and as men we should model for our girls what it looks like to have respect, and be loved, and cherished, and led, right? All those kind of things. Now on the other side, though, there is kind of a, a broader application that... And the child grew. So that is, regardless, it says, okay, that's a piece that I feel deep conviction on and I I actually think that's what's, that's caught up in our current culture. We make a lot of excuses and enable a lot of things that we shouldn't. And so it's just caught up. And I'm not saying take your bullhorn to the people who do it. I'm going, Let's take personal responsibility. Man, let's right. take personal responsibility of this. Let's actually declare the truth of the gospel. And I just would say this to man. When's the last time you shared this good news? Mm. Right? Like, when were you confident enough in what God has done you that you could say it to another man? Yeah. Like, there's something in that. We just don't do that. Like, somehow it's weird or touchy-feely. And we can't even sing to the God of the universe. There's something weird in that. It's like, we have actually, we've actually replaced... What real manhood is with these like facades of we don't share our emotions or we don't do right, those things right. we just poke fun and we you know are sarcastic. It's like no, there's actually this calling to life that I think we should right. do. But at the same time, you go, but what happened with John the Baptist is he just didn't he didn't stay a child. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple there, yeah. but I, so you get all the stuff, Luke tells us all these things, and the only other thing we get about John the Baptist and the whole thing, from birth to 30 years, is one verse. Yeah. The greatest man never ever live, birth to 30 years, one verse, and what we get there, just says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance in Israel. Yeah. So yeah, he grew up, he grew up, he prepared, and he grew up, and then he stepped into the calling and ministry and the purpose he had. And, so, sometimes we get that backwards. We step into it without growing up. Mm-hmm. And other times we don't step into it because we never grow, grew up. Yeah. And so, at some point, we got to just pause and go, How do we grow up in this? How do we how do we do that? And so, I just feel this deep conviction. You'll hear more about it this week of we, we have to build a deeper foundation. Like, you yeah. can't just show up on Sundays. You can't just show up at the outreach events. At some point, we have to be known. We have to figure out how to actually grow up. And if, if we're. If we were premature and okay, then let's just pause and just acknowledge it and get into a real community where that can yeah. happen. And so, what you see is a guy who grew up and had resolve, and I just want that for our folks.
0: Yeah, that connects. I, I really connect well with that. Like for for a season, I I worked with the young adult ministry and uh, specifically the men in that. And there's just something about it that called to 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 step up and to yeah. lead in the way that God has called us to lead and to be the men. I think is something that is. Is maybe lost and and I, i've always uh, same thing i don't want to sound misogynistic as well but like there's something in that when when men don't women have to step into that role yeah. like it forces women to do that not that women can't but i just think if you look at the way that god has kind of instituted the family it looks as if men are supposed to step into that and when men abdicate that yeah. Yeah, So i think that.
1: the thing i would point out there this is not I, like this is not a a shot, or yeah. A, no, a judgment I don't want for women short. in any way. No, like, no, 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 no. You should still lead. You should yeah. still chase after the kingdom. In fact, in many ways, you have stepped up. Like, yeah, yeah if you're a single mom, you're playing every role, and yeah. you know, like, it's just the reality. But none of you would be upset if you had a a godly spouse participating in that with you. And right. so, this is more of a hey, man, let's be godly spouses, and yeah. let's not abdicate responsibility. Let's own this and move and. This spiritual realm that will find purpose and greatness, not in this will be great, but will make the kingdom visible and great by our participation. And so I just think Luke doesn't I throw in words for no reason. Yeah. So was like, hey, if, you, if he wants us to see something, of that, yeah, he, was, he yeah. was separated from the culture. So he didn't get caught up in the current of our culture where it just makes lots of excuses, right? Um, doesn't get caught up in all that stuff. Another thing about our culture is, man, I've learned to sit and... Aren't like in recliners, and I mean, think about it like, I, no shot. I mean, I think it's kind of funny how much of your conversation is about what the coach you don't you know that leads a team. Like, right now, all sorts of people have opinions here about Doug Peterson or <laughs> Brett Brown just got fired yesterday, right? And some of you are really, really glad or whatever it is for the Sixers, and you all have opinions on how that team could be run better. Like, 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 really, you could step in there and fix that. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's just something in this where there's just a lack of courage and. A lot of complaining. And yes. so let's just, let's inverse that. Yeah, let's spend man. less time offering our complaints and yeah. more time bringing our courage to yeah. the problems in our world and being solutions to it. And it's yeah. fine. You keep being an armchair quarterback. I don't really care. <laughs> I find it humorous and every now, and now yeah, every now and then. Uh, I'll offer some commentary to that as well. But there is just something about it. It's just a lot easier to yeah. sit back and judge people and offer complaints than it is to step up and go, no, I'm going to lead because God has grown me up yeah. that.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. So I would encourage you, if you have anything that you want to weigh in on in that conversation, please feel free to email us over yeah. time at CLC We family. could jump back family. into Church. it next week. Jump. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. So over time at CLCFamily. Church.
1: And for the very first time, if you actually have a comment, we won't get to it today. If you're not like an emailer, one of the things you can do is, hmm. from now on, you can actually just text our church. We're yeah, So we're hip. We're and super so, cool. So we have a church number, same church number that's on our website, but you can just text it, and we'll get those comments as well. Yeah. Got prayer requests, you can let us know there. There's some keywords we'll tell you about later. But literally, you can just text 610-869-2140. Any questions you got, we'll get those. Be happy to yeah. jump back in that next week. And so we want to make it simple for us to have this dialogue. Yeah. Because I can understand where maybe I was misunderstood or... Maybe you yeah. don't or necessarily disagree. agree. Yeah. Then let's have that conversation yeah. because we've grown up in love. And yeah. the reason we'd have this conversation is because we love each other. Yeah. And we want what's best for everyone, not because we want to create division or dissension. Right. Right? The goal it's, is to grow. Yeah, so yeah. Let's, let's grow together. And so yeah. that happens in dialogue, not in monologue. And yeah. um, right. Let's figure out a way to do that.
0: So let's thank you for kind of jumping. I know that I, I went kind of no, out of fine, order no. with that. Yeah. But we want to jump back into the beginning. So basically we covered 57 through 80. And kind of 57 through 66 is the actual birth of John the Baptist. And then you see 67 through that 80 as being Zachariah's prophecy. Yeah. So l- I want to kind of dive into that, <laughs> the time that came, because I feel like as we were recording it, you pointed out something that, even though I've read this numerous times, for the first time I saw it in a different light. And that was kind of the response. And what almost appears, are, this is probably too strong of a word, but almost this an argument that kind of goes back to I don't think it's too
1: strong. So let, yeah.
0: can we kind of talk about that for a little bit?
1: Yeah, so it's so neat because we all know about mob rule right now and cancel culture (laughs) and all those things, right? You're seeing it every day and I am guessing you're so, uh, you know, done with it, right? You want to cancel, cancel culture. I mean, (laughs) it's it's just crazy, all this stuff. And so, but it really is. The vocal maybe it's a minority, uh, we assume it's a majority, but those who are vocal, those who are loud about something, kind of are determining the decisions that are happening, right? And all sorts of things. And so, you know, I don't have to point them out. And depending on your political leanings, you can see it from the other side. And what's really good about this, or complicated about this, is you're really good at seeing the people we disagree with and how they do it. Kind of hard to see how we do it as well, right? So that's why I kind of one to see in this is there is kind of this clear mandate from from God to these two people Elizabeth and Zechariah that Gabriel shows up and gives us his name going I am an angel from God I just was with God he is a messenger that literally is what the word angel means in the scriptures a messenger right Mm. and what he clearly communicates to these two people is they're going to have a baby and he has a very specific name and it's John John specifically it's John 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 they don't get that, that's John, and they would have known that means God's gift. Like that God is in the middle of this brokenness. That's kind of like a, um, that's kind of like a olive branch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of this is God's way of. Reaching back out. Mm-hmm. So, you want to see it as that gift. It's like, you know, if you've made someone really, really angry or something's happened and you, if there's been some kind of brokenness or a misunderstanding, that like you kind of go with kind of a, like a, a peace offering. Not, and God didn't do anything wrong, which is so crazy. We did. And yet, yeah. God comes with this peace offering to go, let me show you the way back. Hey, guys, yeah. you've been gone way too long. 400 years of silence. And now, so John's name is just that. Like, he's a peace offering, he's a gift. God's gift to people. Not the greatest gift, but points to the greatest gift, right? And So, very specific that they're going to name him what he's going to be, which is very common in that culture, to name them what the guy is going to be, right? And right. so, Zechariah would have been a priestly name, and so it made it made sense that because he was Zechariah's son, he would have followed in that same tribe, and you know, you got the tribe of Levi, kind of the priestly tribe of the Israelites, Elizabeth and Zechariah kind of in this so it makes sense that he would get that name, and he'd follow in the footsteps of his Daddy, right? Yeah. That's why we think Joseph, uh, Jesus was a carpenter because he had to follow in the footsteps of his daddy, Joseph. Yeah, right. So all that to kind of happen sets up the scene where there is an expectation of the culture, right? You've clearly communicated this is what culture does versus, okay, we have we have an understanding from God. Now, it gets lost in translation, frankly, because Zechariah can't communicate, right? right? So right. they don't know all this stuff. But finally, they've got a the whole mob of people kind of watching from outside of in a small village. You can imagine... That uh, everybody would talk about everything. Same kind of toxicity that still lives and breeds in our world. The, you know, gossip and all those things. And so they had been really suspicious of what was happening. Was that So when the baby's born, it's a real good reason to go and celebrate, but also go, hey, let's figure out what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine, just because you know what that's like. You know what it's like to have, you know, want to know what's going on in the house when this guy hasn't talked for nine months. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Hey, what's going on? Oh, we get to go now. (laughs) Let's go show up and figure out what's going on. Let's take him a, you know, a fruitcake, whatever that is. So they show up. The baby's there, and there's some real rejoicing. She is an old pregnant lady, and so they're in this moment of celebration. And Luke says, baby was born, right? So we know that and the relatives came, and then immediately it skips ahead to eighth day. That would have been yeah. the moment of circumcision, that's big moment. Jewish culture yeah. of going we acknowledge we don't have to do it anymore right I mean many of us do but it's more hygienic uh, for hygiene not because of you know this covenant but right, for them right. this was this was ritual to go our religion t- has to remind us that God will one day make a way where there was no way this was a this was a, a fulfillment of prophecy this was a promise of that prophecy to come that one day God would make everything right hmm. same promise he said to Abraham you know hundreds if not a thousand years earlier or more and so you have that happen and so there's this day of circumcision there's this big party kind of like a bar mitzvah but on day eight instead of you know adolescence by the way so (laughs) (laughs) that's something to think about there so that happens and there's this now here's the culture award, right right. culture says you name him zechariah he's gonna be our next priest and hopefully it'll be a better one because daddy can't talk you know and so maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe at fifteen, he could start, you know, doing the stuff for us. He can, he, you know, he can do our funerals and weddings, and you know, there's kind of this importance of hey, this is how this guy serves us. He, we need someone to intercede on our behalf, and obviously, Zechariah can't talk to God because he can't talk at all. So maybe, you know, so there's this pressure and this expectation of this this boy, and so they're going, you name him, Zechariah. What's so funny about this is that they don't talk to him, they don't reference him. Zechariah is—I yeah. I joked about him sitting in the corner with a teething ring. I don't think he actually was, <laughs> but you kind of got to see this dumb guy, right? They're yeah. just sitting there, like nobody's really paying him any attention, right? They don't know if he's out of his mind, yeah, right? right? Like there's a lot, there is there is a possibility that they just think that he's had some kind of stroke yeah. and can't even communicate anymore, right? So hmm. many of you know that experience with a loved one, a grandparent, whatever it is, I go, I think they understand, I don't understand, maybe they're nodding, right? That was my grandmother hmm. for a while and I think she was completely lucid, but you wouldn't know because she yeah. couldn't say any words. And so, so they don't even, Talking to him. They're just talking to Elizabeth and they're going, Okay, time to go. Let's go. Name him let's name him Zechariah. And she goes, Nope, his name's gonna be John.
0: Yeah.
1: And you think they go, Oh, okay, mom mom gets yeah, to make that sure, decision. Okay. Yeah, but that's not what happens. And that's why this is so funny, because then all of a sudden, for the very first time, they look to Zechariah and start making signs to him. That's how we know he can't hear either, right? Yeah. And they go, Wait, we're gonna name him Zechariah. And he then responds with a writing tablet with his little iPad and goes nope his name will be John yeah. peace offering from God pointing to the real offering right the real option Jesus and then in that moment and only in that moment does Zechariah's mouth open up yeah. so we see this moment of just kind of this, this pressure they feel to follow in line of doing and doing now imagine imagine now this wouldn't happen. but imagine if they go okay let's just go with Zechariah yeah is that the end of it? yeah I don't know Like, obviously God is so providential, he's working all this stuff, but there is a moment of courage in that. And if he doesn't step forth and say this, does he ever speak again? Mm. Does this guy be seen as this really unique individual? Because it's not just, it's not, this is where we have to see this over and over again. The way by which it happens, it's the word goes out, there is belief, then there's blessing, right? And then there's worship. Word goes out, then there's belief, then there's blessing. And what we think so often is it's blessing than belief. Show me the blessing and then I'll believe in you. But we see over and over again is actually faith isn't. Action stuff, yeah, right? Like right. when you see when the Israelites finally, finally crossed over into the into the Promised Land, right? Moses forty years of just being stuck, yeah. a bunch of grumbling, complaining men, by the way, right? They're just stuck, and finally, finally they're going to cross over, and God says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. You're going to do what great things. Yeah. There's some greatness in that, and when you see that happen, as He gets them all together and tells them to, you know, get their crap together, get their life together, figure it all out, and consecrate the same word we'd use to like prepare the the nursery, right? Mm-hmm. Like go get all your get everything in order. Right. Mm. And then it said when they went to cross, so interesting, they had all the Ark of the Covenant, God's yeah. revelation in them. And it says when the, the bare feet of the priests' souls, the soles of the bare feet touched the Jordan in yeah. crazy stage flood. Yeah. Like in the type of thing that would sweep them away and God's word and they would die. Yeah. But the word of God went out, told them to move forward. They moved forward in belief. And then the only then says, When the bare soles of their feet touched the water, it parted. Yeah. So this idea of going, one of the things that we say all the time is, well, we're just waiting for God to work out all the details. Hmm. And I would just say, where's your faith in that? Yeah, right. Like, where's your That's faith good. in that? Like, this is what it means to grow up. We trust God. It is belief. And then, so it's here from God. There's belief and then there's blessing. And so immediately when that happened, what we see is that Zechariah can speak. In fact, it tells us next. And it says, immediately his mouth was open, his tongue. I don't know if you say lucid or loosed. I don't know the best way to say yeah. that, um, you know, which means it was tied. You know what I'm saying? And I guess, like, yeah. So, boy, that's uncomfortable. How do you eat with that? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that's figurative or literal. If it's literal, you can imagine this is a rough time out. Yeah, right. I mean? So just milkshakes. And uh, and he <laughs> spoke. Actually, I don't even know if you can swap. I don't have a clue. Sorry. And Blended. he spoke. Blended. Plus, foods. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Spoke, I'm blessing about. God. You see it? Uh, so word of God, belief, blessing and then worship. Yeah. And so, and then what's really neat here is instead of it going straight to the blessing, Luke is so gracious because we're going, hey, no, no, we got to know. What's what, what the mob thinking right now? Yeah, no, right. Luke, no, no. no and we don't right. know what he already has to say yet. And Luke is so
0: nice to us because he's kind of going, oh, we got to share yeah. with how these guys responded. And even in 63, right, right before 65, yeah. like it says, and they wondered, right? And then you see that, but continue. Yeah, yeah so you see,
1: he says it, and then the wonder, really, really important. Thanks for bringing that up because yeah. in that, that, there's some contempt there. There's some... Yeah, prejudging. Right. Like there is that that term means astonishment, right? So it could be like a pejorative or a positive, right? It could okay. be like they were astonished, like, um God, i'm so embarrassed. So when I was a senior in high school, we uh we I had this big bold vision to start a student ministry in our high school. I okay. don't know why. And so I felt like God told me in a revival, Southern Baptist Revival, I go down front and God, I'll do this and we started something called Youth Alive, okay. such a clever name, where different high schoolers would teach, there would be live worship, and they would come and we'd pray and all that kind of stuff, and it was pretty emotionally driven, you know, not a lot of kids, maybe, a, I don't know, 100 or so in our high school, okay. so pretty neat. And so kind of my first foray into the ministry as a 17-year-old kid, and um, there was one event that I got to late because I had basketball practice, so I was coming back from basketball practice, and we were finishing up, and I'd heard they tell them a message, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome, and then they were going, hey, Come up and sing with us. Okay. So I came up with them and and sang. Um, it was, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. And I just am singing at the top of my lungs, like, worshiping. So proud of this moment, like all these kids. And afterwards, I'm walking off stage, and Miss Brock, she was like, my calculus teacher, and also we had to have a sponsor, so we yeah, had to right. convince different teachers to be there each okay. time. So that's kind of part of my duty. And I was like, what did you think of that? She said, well, it was really great until the last song, Josh, and I found I thought it was appalling. <laughs> she sincerely thought I was making fun of the singing. Oh, really? Like she sincerely thought that I was singing that way because <laughs> I was being silly. I was worshiping God the best I could, and that is how bad my <laughs> voice is. I'm not tone deaf. I can hear tones. I just can't produce them. Okay. So I cannot sing at all.
0: Wait, like, I just, okay, so were you a normal, like... Worship team member? No, like? no. They just invited why, me up. Why in the world They had an extra would extra they microphone. do that? They just
1: had an extra microphone. and They just assumed. Like, hey, here's well, a kid. Let's give him a mic. No, micro- they probably, I mean, I was part of kind of the leadership team. Okay. Was, you know, had a decent amount of influence <laughs> with the group. So I was like, hey, let's invite Josh back up there. And I'm going, oh, i no, really neat. I'll go up there and do that. But and
0: did, uh, you didn't know that you were like tone deaf or close to it?
1: I didn't assume that I was going to be that much in the mix. Okay. So okay. I'm just <laughs> seeing yeah And that's happened before with like one of these Britney Spears mics. Okay. Going, Oops. <laughs> Let me cut that off. But anyway, it actually only happened more like in an online format where okay. it's a different recording. They forget to hit the mute yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. So here I am singing the closing song. But anyway, that word appalling there, that would, that I, we could put that like okay. the shocked kind of thing. And sometimes you, you would be, that word wondered could be, oh my goodness, the angel showed up. And we're like, oh, in okay. awe, I didn't know what to say, okay. like speeches. But it really could actually have this connotation and does here of just appalling. Like how <laughs> dare he, this godly man going to name his son. John, John right, so it's right. that kind of like okay. disgust and disdain okay. in it that you can see in that word and so it could be either way but obviously in this they weren't like oh let's see what God's doing like literally yeah, yeah, totally yeah. what they want him to do and they actually corrected Elizabeth in front of corrected, in yeah. front of Elizabeth to John that's the only time they care and so then all of a sudden it says he opened his mouth and was able to speak so we yeah. get kind of the behind the scenes uh, look of that from what they're feeling and then we see John it says they're going to speak and you're going okay if he's going to speak yeah how do these people feel about that? Yeah. Because all of a sudden, they can they can judge it all they want, but the right. you know, proof is in the pudding here. And all right. of a sudden, this blessing, the people who are judgy about the f- walking of faith, now all of a sudden, they have no like no argument. Yeah. And so you go, what does he say? And that tells you that there's fear. Yeah. Like there is this awe and this reverence that happens for people. And one of the things I think is really important here, and for those of you who didn't I come to the in-person service which is I don't know two-thirds of us who probably listen to this I kind of pointed out 2008-2009 uh, in the middle of the recession um, every fast food joint coffee shop hmm. took a major hit like Starbucks were closing if you remember that time you remember these Starbucks closed I mean they, they've reopened since then yeah. but a lot of that kind of happened and every single uh, fast food joint every restaurant chain all the all, every coffee shop declined pretty yeah. readily except for one yeah and that one is, I, mean, I don't like Christian chicken. I, like, I, I'm hungry after I finished Chick-fil-A. Julie, you know, worked at Chick-fil-A, was a Chick-fil-A scholarship person in her college. We actually were served in Chick-fil-A's nonprofit arm, Winshape, for multiple mm. years, both of us did. And so I love the organization. I'm just not a huge fan of, I mean, I'm just hungry. After I finished, I husband, nine bucks. And yeah. I'm still hungry, right? So, and I you know, digressed way too much in the sermon, but they were the only one. Yeah. And they actually increased 10% or 8% um, yeah. really, in the middle of all that. And they were asked, hey, tell us what happened. What did you do different? And their response was, now nah, here's our clever strategy. We say my pleasure. We hired the yeah. right staff. All that true. They said very clearly, we want to be a good steward of all that God's entrusted us with. Yeah. Finally, the eyes go towards them. God had give them blessing. And for the first time, for a lot of people, they're starting to notice this and go, what's different about your organization? Now, they've yeah. come under fire, all that kind of stuff, because of this dance. Yeah. But in that moment, they, they were swimming upstream when everybody else was swimming down. And they can actually clarify exactly what their purpose is yeah. we just want to be a good steward of all that god and trust them so there's something about when we walk in faith we receive the blessing something supernatural in our faith god's faithfulness collide miraculous things happen and when th- when that happens it does seem to be in that moment that people's eyes are turned here yeah. and so this is where i don't want our church our christians in general if you're not a part of our church to shrink back yeah. this is the time to swim upstream steadily and go what in the world could god be calling us to do that's different than what the- you know the current of our culture, the vitriol, speaking death, yeah, the right. going low—all those kind of things. What what could it be that could stick out in this? And I don't know the answer to it yet, because I think it's different for each of us individually in our own families, in our own neighborhoods. But there's something in that that we have to distinctly hear from God, believe it, and then walk in the faith of it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's good. And so we we see that. It says, verse 65, And fear came on all the neighbors, and all these things were talked about through the hill country of Judea. Of course they were. That's, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. people talk? What? Like, <laughs> no way. Like, you see this, just the human Especially, nature. Especially. Yeah. yeah, you got to hear this. Hey, like,
1: hey. Yeah, because so I feel
0: like on some yeah. level, people probably heard, okay, Elizabeth's pregnant in her yeah. old age. Yeah. And her husband's mute. Like, yeah. And deaf. He can't hear anything. Yeah. Like yeah, is, is he the daddy? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, what's going on there? Like, is, <laughs> like what like, is happening in, yeah.
0: in that household? Yeah. And then all of a sudden this happens and they go, wow. And it came at the moment of, of both of them arguing that his name would be John. Like Declaring
1: we have heard from God yes, and we're going to do what he says. Yes,
0: I think that's pretty cool. And it's an awesome story for the, the hill country to hear. Um, I think well, let me speak to that yeah. real quick.
1: Because I, I think a natural you know, yeah. thing is, well, but an angel's never showed up to me. Right? Yeah. Like, right, so how okay. do I know what God says? And this is, I mean, I always say it almost sarcastically, and so forgive me in it, but I, I'd go, I know, wouldn't it be nice if God would just for a second sit down and put all of his thoughts and beliefs and understanding, yes. like on a piece of paper and then give it to us so it doesn't get lost in translation, you know, like kind of the joke yeah, of right. 1,500 years, more than 30 authors. Yeah the story of God that he has given to us through wars and misery and people giving their lives to make sure this even is protected and given to languages. We're talking about 2000 years. This whole word has been protected, edified, brought forth and it's going, this idea in our arrogance that we need like God to also speak vocally. It's like, there's so much in this, right? And like, and even in today's technology, like. There's so much there that you, like even just go to Bible.com and find a plan. Let's go, God. I don't know how to live in uncertainty. Go click on the plan about peace. Or yeah. I don't know how to live with gossip. Go click on the plan. Like there's just there's stuff yeah. there that's all word centered. So it's letting the words expose. Like literally the scriptures say, His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. So at some point we got to make quit making the excuse that we don't know what God is saying yeah, right. because He's been so gracious to us to give us the gift of his heart in written form and not only that we don't even have to wonder if he said it we're like well wait maybe I misunderstood well no it's here it is in front of us so I just think and hear me this is why we're going to go through every single verse like we have to value this not as God but the thing that points us to God Mm. and his heart so that's where I think it's really important yeah right now today it's so crazy you can hear from God and you don't need us yeah. No, we're happy to help with you. Help you provide some context. That's right. But God loves you. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. Yeah. You can That's hear right. from Him. You can dive into His Word and respond to it yeah. today. And so, the Word of God, go get it. Yeah, believe it, and then just see what happens. Yeah, watch for the blessing. And then, as you see God respond, worship Him. Yeah. Right? So
0: I've I've always uh, you know one of the things working in a church that I've heard is that people i hate the response and this is not a shot at these people like i think that each of us have to do what god we feel like god is leading to but i hate hearing people leave a church when they say you know what i'm just not fed and that that frustrates me as as a pastor because if you have a bible you have your own spoon you have your own fork you have your own utensils like it's not just up to the leadership of a church to feed you it's up to you as a believer to own your faith and to feed yourself and Mm so uh, just as you're talking about that like i I don't know again i don't mean to if you've ever said that i don't mean to be insulting in that but just know that 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 your faith is your own and you can build it it's not dependent on one of us it's not dependent on sunday mornings it's you have the opportunity to continue to grow that and hopefully this is a tool that you can Mm -hmm. use in the continued growth of your faith but it's not the, the beginning and the end. This yes. is not all of
1: it. So you'll hear us say over and over again, we're not Burger King, which yeah. says have it your way. You like Home Depot's statement, you can do it, we can help, yeah. right? I mean, there is, there's, there's a, there is a like you think about Home Depot, <laughs> there is a lot of resources that they have inside their, their yeah. warehouses that you can go and they can provide and so um, don't see us as uh the doctor who can fix you, see us as a librarian who can point you to the resource, right? Right. And so let us, you can do it, we can help. And so the other thing is uh, because uh, we have a database of resources, including people, we do feel the burden to help you actually yeah. grow in this, particularly in groups. And so you will here on Thursday, a good bit, back in that video of just telling you, our next deep step in this foundation piece is that We think God wants you to be in community, right? Encourage one another daily as long as it stays so no one becomes hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's God's word to us. So as a result of that, we want to help you get into community where you can be encouraged daily. And so we feel the burden of that. And so if you're going, do you really want to know how to get into the word of God, do what it says? There's something about getting in community. It says confess your sins one to another that you might find healing. It says, you know, if, if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just and will forgive us for our sins. So if you were looking for forgiveness, all you got to do is tell God, confess it, admit it, you're forgiven. Yeah. But there's something about this interdependent relationship where we confess it one to another, where we find healing. So if you're mm. stuck in that and you know you're forgiven but haven't found healing, there's something in that relational piece you're missing out on. And so we want to help you with that, right? But at some point, it's going to have to take some courage for you to self-identify and go, I want to be a part of that, and for many of you, hear me here, the only way by which we have more opportunities for people to do that is to have more people grow up and lead. Mm. So kind of the, the call this Thursday, you're here, like the, the the call out, it won't be a phone call, right? Is, hey, we want you all to be known well, and in yeah. order to do that, we have to create more capacity for more people to be welcome into. To community even whether that's in person in people's homes and backyards or online so many yeah. of you it might be hey you've had that experience and it's time for you to grow up and help us lead so we can welcome more people into that yeah it's so, anyway, a little bit off topic but not.
0: yeah no i appreciate that um so as we do kind of get to the end of, of 66 so fear comes on the neighbors it's talked about through through all the land all who 66 66s and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was upon him. And I feel like it's a great kind of segue. And and we see at the end of eighty, like, really not much about his growth, but it's just from the beginning we see and we know that ultimately what it points out, like, to the question that you asked at the beginning of the message: Who's the greatest person you ever know? Well, we see that the Bible references John. Did you, know, John the did the you Baptist. already go
1: to John the Baptist and that, or did you think? You know what? I
0: it? think I'd heard you say say oh. that before, but I think the first time I heard you ask that question was like. Greatest person, and the you know kind of the rules are obviously you can't say Jesus. I'm like yeah. I don't know Mother Paul? Teresa, John Peter? the Baptist, yeah. King David was pretty important. Like just you know I feel yeah. like my mind raced through all of them, but yeah. I'm going I don't know if I could pick out the greatest yeah. one. But John the Baptist, Jesus did, yeah, Jesus did. <laughs> so as we go into that, Zechariah now can speak after nine months, like. There's this miracle that kind of happens, this supernatural thing where he's mute, he's deaf, and now all of a sudden he can speak and he goes into his prophecy. And I think we've got about 10 minutes left on our our podcast, but just verses 67 through, through 80 through or 79 right there. What exactly is there? Anything in there that you want to pull out? Yeah, or yeah. so
1: How? so uh, a week before we saw Mary yeah. praising God, the Magnificat, or however you say that, um, this moment where Mary sings and what she sings are just the attributes to God. That's yeah. why we had those sixteen yeah. things. So those are all about who God was. Yeah. Um, this is pretty interesting because now the next song is about what God's done. Mm. So that's where it gets a little different in that you know this is this is uh, praises your prescription to pain worship is your solution to worry part two yeah so two different things one we got a top down we got to remember who god is but we also have to remember what he's done and what there's kind of two different pieces of this is so one thing he talks about how god's hand was on all things meaning he is providential and that means he is seeing all this like Mm -hmm. i have no idea why god decided to let you and i be in on the middle of this covid mess but he did yeah for such a time as this like i we um uh, Saturday morning, we went to Sight and Zone Theater okay. to see uh, Queen Esther, and it, I don't get like the Queen things are weird. I mean, they are great, it was my girls like look at her dress, look at her crown, and <laughs> Briggs and I are like look at the LED screen, you know. And so, I mean, it's awesome. It's like I mean, it's amazing what they do there, and, you know, they were socially distanced, they weren't that crowded, but they they did kind of like lean into that for such a time as this, mm-hmm. like for this Persian yeah. kingdom this is what Queen Esther was made for. Yeah. Made right. for. Even, like, in the being taken in to, you know, to, you know, all the different people. Like, it's literally The Bachelor, you know? like yeah. so it says like, like, godless. It's The Bachelor. It is. It's, so first it's like, oh my my the first century version of The Bachelor. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> So it's actually before the first century, but yeah. Whatever. Like, so, but you see this like 500 years before, I think 470 BC or whatever it is. But anyway, so it's like, even those things, it's kind of yeah. funny. You go, oh my gosh. I've never thought yeah, of it. It's so hilarious. <laughs> Thanks for thinking that's funny. I was trying to explain it to my wife and kids, and they just look at me like, shh, shh. shh look at her, be look quiet. at her train. I'm like, there's no train on stage. Oh, you're talking about her dress. So anyway, so you see all that, but it really was this for such a time as this, and I don't know why. I don't know why God has allowed us to do this, but there's got to be a reason And so here we are. And so let's figure out how we lean in to that. And so what helped Zechariah in the middle of this was talking about what God had already done. Yeah, right. He's already conquered enemies. He's already sent his son. Like, that is all so true. That's why I love Isaiah 53. It's such a mind-boggling verse Mm -hmm. when you look at the grammar of it because it's all sorts of tenses. It's like, come on, Isaiah, what are you saying? And he goes, he was pierced for our transgressions, past tense. He was bruised for our iniquities, past tense. And by his stripes we... Are healed? Yeah, right. Present tense. In other words, God is outside of our timeline. So yeah. Isaiah, you gotta understand this, is speaking about something 700 years in the future, but he's talking about like it's already happened. Yeah. And then in the middle of the moments of talking about all this happens, he invites all the people he's prophesying to and going, and it's present for you today. Yeah. We're healed. So there's something about being able to <coughs> speak to all the parts of God. And that's why I love the scriptures. There will be a day that there's no more tears, no pain, mm-hmm. and sorrow. Let's call that out. Let's acknowledge it. God will make all things new again. Everything sad will become untrue, right? That's so. There's something in this that He is speaking. Like He's literally going. And God has sent His Messiah. He has sent a Savior. He has sent Him to deliver or redeem us. That hasn't happened yet. Jesus isn't yeah. born yet, yeah. and yet we see this declaration of what God had already done. And He talks about the kingdoms of that, and then what God is going to do in the future. And so some of that is speaking that kind of truth over your family and stuff. Because here's what I know, and maybe some of you are in the same experience I am this week, and man, it, you do not have to convince me about the proverb that says there's power life and death in the tongue. Right. Man, you know it, guys. It's yeah. happened in our church. It's just happened, and it's just been death that's been spoken, and it is. It's crushing and paralyzing, and the only solution to the death that's being spoken is to see that where life comes from, and guess what the scriptures say? Hmm. It's in our tongues. Mm. So let's speak life to people. Let's call forth. Like I'm, I'm praying Brigg, over Briggs and calling forth what I believe that God mm. is going to do. him. He's going to raise him into a mighty warrior. Yeah. Right? He's gonna raise my daughters and the people who can look at people the way that Peter did and said, Silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Yeah. So like let's speak that. Mm-hmm. Right? Not in this name it, claim it thing, but let's just go to the promises of scripture and let's declare them as true. True once and for all. Yeah. And when Jesus did is true once and for all. The minute he came back to life, he he brought the resurrection with him. Yeah. He brought the resurrection to us right mm-hmm. now we get to live that resurrected life now and so what you see is you see even before jesus even shows up on the on the planet he's he's in the womb but he has not come out into the world yet right and in that moment zechariah's already claiming this truth yeah, and right. guys we just got we got to believe this yeah right Hear it, believe it so let's ask you right here i don't know how many people are watch this 100 people over the next week too i have no idea what it is do you believe that the power of life and death is in the tongue? Hmm. So either God's a liar hmm. or it's true. And if that's true, then when we speak death, hmm. people feel it. And when we speak life, yeah. we experience it, that's right? True. So that's, I think, the thing that you see here is he's just he's yeah. bl- speaking blessings. So that word blessing that he says is like, it really is eulogatos, right? It's the word we get eulogy. He's, okay. he's celebrating who God is and his li- life. He's celebrating God's life, right? Yeah. And so let's speak that over who God is. And let's speak that over our children. Let's speak that over our church. Let's speak that over the chaos of our our, our COVID, right? It is not bigger than God. It is not greater. And so this is where it's probably time that our frozen, chosen 294 years of Presbyterian history gets a little bit of spirit-filled induction Mm -hmm. in us that goes, the Holy Spirit is real, and he is blowing. And we got to mm. get ourselves up and go, he's going to take us out of this. He's going yeah. to bring us to the destination. Now, think of that moment where Jesus says, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. Yeah. Right? And then he goes to sleep, and you know the storm. <laughs> he's already said we're going to get to the other side. Yeah. So there's already a promise. He's just going to fulfill that promise. And so he's already said we're going to have victory. Yeah. So we're just in the middle of the storm, and Jesus, they wake him up, yeah. and he speaks peace into it speaks it speaks peace into chaos and so let's yeah. speak peace into chaos let's speak it god is good god is gracious he knows exactly what he's doing right and that's why i love what he says that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us yeah that's his promise right to show mercy to our ancestors and remember his holy covenant he's always promises that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him hmm. without fear he's going to deliver you He's delivering you,
0: yeah.
1: So I tell you, it's been a rough season for for me, our church, and and some of you are aware of that, some of you aren't. But I, I don't know of a deeper resolve I have than mm. that. That I look at it and go, I, I, it's true. I believe yeah. it. I've heard it. It's just true. That's what God is doing. Yeah. So let's Henry Blackaby. Let's figure out what God's at work, and let's jump in, it. Yeah. experiencing God's. What he says in that book, right? And that's you know, decades, 30, 40 years old now. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's going, let's do the same thing. God's yeah. at work. Let's just lean into it so
0: Uh, I love the connection you just made between you know remembering what God has done in the past and the words that we speak because it's always so hard when negative things are happening when difficulty comes it's hard like you want to speak death right like you want to be angry you want to get full vengeance like uh, there's there's just a lot that usually happens but it's in remembering what God has done that it, it gives you a better perspective of the future because if God has always been faithful which he has then he will continue to be faithful because that is who he is. Yeah. And so I think that, that those two go so beautifully together because if we can remember his faithfulness, then we can speak life and not death because God has been faithful. He will still be yeah. faithful.
1: So what's interesting is I, I can think about four really hard seasons in my adult life. And the first one uh, in the middle that God brought forth bricks, hmm. in the middle of planning a church, leaving our jobs to just— to, I mean, go into debt and mm. just go, God, we're hearing from you. We're going to go chase after you in this. And it was hard. And then uh, we had some staff issues and staff in Bezel. We're in the middle of planning a second church. And you know I mean, it was really hard just a few years later, three, four years later. Really, really hard season. And God brought forth Amelia. Mm. And then, like, I can remember a really hard season going, God, what is it you're calling us to do? How do we what do we do with these two church campuses? Should they lead? So wait a minute.
0: You're not saying Julie's pregnant. No, no, no she's <laughs> not. That, that not. So,
1: and then God brought forth. Yeah. Sophie and this great adoption so I look back and yeah. go and oh, all like the hardest times God gave us the greatest gifts yeah. right and so I don't know what this is no she's not <laughs> yeah. pregnant it would not be a gift I'm just joking it would be but no that is not in yeah. our it's that's not, not what we're saying that's Please not any don't of our that. plan but there is something about God yeah. is always doing something yeah. he's ushering in great gifts in the middle of chaos right. and so right. let's just trust him in that yeah. look for it, the blessing and then celebrate it as it comes but
0: yeah well, I think we've got a, a couple minutes left. Was there anything else that you wanted to kind of add? Anything that didn't make it onto, um, kind of the cutting room floor? Like anything? Any final thoughts? Anything? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, one one particularly, um, that piece on the end. Of, like I always like a. I like rubrics or litmus tests. Like I like to be able to go. Uh, what's a what's a quick assessment on yeah. this? Right. Like What's a quick assessment and. um When I think about growing up, I love what Paul says about put away childish things. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm watching my children and neighbors and the pettiness of so much of that stuff, right? Like, they get upset with each other. They don't. Like, they hit each other. You know, there is just this childish behavior. And here's what I know about childish behavior is it just comes with a lot of death being spoken. Yeah. And a lot of inability to grow up in love and have conversations with the people you need to have them with. And so I, I do think our church has to go against culture in that. It's a yeah. lot easier to put people on blast via tw- Twitter, yeah, right? right? Do the cancel culture thing. It's a lot harder to grow up and actually love your brothers and sisters right, and have the right. conversations you need to. And so I would just say you can you can gauge your ability to in, in growing up in Christ yeah. and that you are willing to love people and speak life instead yeah. of death. Like that's just part of it. And you're willing to even speak truth in love to other people because you so trust that God, same way he did with Zechariah and Elizabeth, has gone before and already where you need to be. He's already there and he's already preparing that. So I just think you can actually tell. You can take that scripture, power of life and death in a tongue and actually grade mm. our ability to grow up and our ability to speak life versus speak death. Mm. So, just challenge you as I challenge myself to kind of think about those things. Because what would make us stand up in our culture, stand out, not stand up, stand out in our culture is the ability to c- communicate with love and compassion in yeah. the middle of this chaos. So okay. speak highly of the teachers who are struggling, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a tough time, it'd be real easy to vent about all the complications of our school system and mm-hmm. all the complications in our government, but could we be a place that speaks the life that Jesus is in this, and he's bending and shaping it, and he is not wasting a single moment of this right now. He is at work. Can we yeah. can we see him in that and look for it and celebrate that?
0: Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. I think that's good. Uh, what we really hope is that today you are encouraged. I feel like our conversation was good for me today. I, I yeah. think that I'm edified in that. But that's what we hope for you as well, is that you can continue to grow. Not that we are the beginning and the end of your growth, Absolutely. but that you yeah. pick up the God's word and that you're growing and feeding yourself in that as well. But really hope that you are challenged and encouraged. We're here pretty much every week. We try and do this every Tuesday. Between Um, noon and 2 o'clock. Between noon and 2 o'clock. That's our new starting time. Between noon and 2 o'clock. Um, yeah, if you do have questions, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you at Overtime at clcfamily.church. or text us. Uh, or text us. It's eight six nine or six ten eight six nine two one four zero. And so you can pretty much—I I haven't even done this yet. Yeah, you can text any message, and we'll get it.
1: Yes, we'll probably have <laughs> to. Iron we'll
0: have to iron out who actually gets that. Like, good question. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we, you can text us. You can be one of the first trials, and if you don't That's get a response, yeah. if you don't get a response, fact, email us. Yeah. Then yep. That too. But yep. uh, thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great week and we hope to see you next week. So thanks. See you